Yeah, nothing about Under Oath. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 159 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. Or as they call me in the streets, a boy brushed red, living in black and white. Yes, because you've got that slight tint of ginger. That's what that is. That's what they call Uh. a boy brushed red. See, I never wanted to ask them because I thought they were always chasing safety. We wanted to do this one quick. I know you've gone and done that. I don't want to carry on, you fucking prick. That was dreadful. But luckily for us, this week's guest is Under Oath frontman, solo project frontman, and all-round top egg, Spencer Chamberlain of Under Oath. Oof! Yes. Now, Spencer, to me, is one of the figureheads image and stature-wise in alternative music. We all know how influential Under Oath have been to the majority of acts around today since they stepped onto the scene in the early 2000s. But he's always creating something, whether it's blowing our minds with Under Oath after their return from hiatus, writing and featuring with other artists, or his all-new solo project, Slow Tide, that he's launched earlier this month. There's so many elements to his musical mind, and I'm really glad we got to dissect it and what you're about to hear. And we've mentioned it before on the podcast, Sean, but Spencer and Underoff, they're up there with just the gods of emo, alternative, post-hardcore, all that lot. The gods, yes. And the thing is, if you had said that to them several years ago, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have liked it because that would have been blasphemy, wouldn't it? But as we get into on this week's episode, we talked about the pressures of being a Christian band, the word emo and how they feel about it. And uh, yeah, it was just a fantastic chat, to be honest. We had a good time and it was absolutely quality to see him. Yes, yes. He took time out of his busy schedule while he was at home with his family. And it's just really insightful 
and a lovely conversation. And we get into everything from Under Oath's new album, Voyeurist, that is going to be released now on January the 14th, 2022, to their battles with religion, the emo evolution, creating experiences, teaming up with Matt Cutchell, our good friend, and the times he got to front my favorite band, Taking Back Sunday, and his favorite band, Alice in Chains. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? I, I literally <laughs> had goosebumps for him when he was telling me the Alice in Chains stories. Um, the album is fucking awesome. It's crushing. It's heavy. Keep a lookout for Voyeurist. Comes out January 2022, and it, it is a thumper, an absolute thumper. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot of different things just about music, songwriting, and, and all, all sorts in this podcast. So we won't waste your time too much. But before we get into the conversation, I don't want to alarm anyone. But apparently it's the festive holiday soon. Have you heard about this? Is that festive holiday called Christmas? The ha- Christ Christmas, is it? App- yeah, go on, carry so on. No. Apparently it's really like marketed to everyone. That everyone's going to give each other presents and gifts and stuff. I know, I've never heard of this. I don't know where it's coming from all of a sudden. No, There's trees new. involved yeah. and everything. But I was just thinking, if you're struggling for this, um, your best bet might be going to patreon.com forward slash sapnin and giving the gift of us to your loved nice. ones, friends, enemies, strangers, whoever. Yeah, so it doesn't matter if you really love the person or really, really hate the person. We are a, a great gift for that person. So as Morgan said, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Also, if you have any ideas on future guests or topics or anything that we've previously mentioned in podcasts that you'd like clearing up, get in touch with us on our social medias on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. And let us know your thoughts. Yes, please do. And over on Patreon, there's loads of exclusive bonuses and a wonderful community will make you feel like it's the home you've never been in. You've probably been in a home, but this is better than that one. Ramblings, I know. So that's a sign we should go straight into this conversation. Yeah, if you're homeless and you listen to Sapping Podcast, get in touch with us at Sapping Podcast. Oh, no, I would do. But how would they... Ah, there's a way, there's a way, there's a way. Get in touch with us, innit? Well, uh, let us know, because um, yeah, Morgan brought that up. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> this is Spencer from Underoath and Slow Tide on episode 159 of Sapping Podcast. Fucking lovely stuff. Sapping! Sapping! Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Yes! Yay! Yes! I wasn't sure <laughs> if he was going to do it, but we, this week we are joined by under oath vocalist and all round legend Spencer Chamberlain. How are you, Spencer? Good, man. How are you? I'm yeah. all right, yeah. Um, this life stuff is taking forever, <laughs> I'll be honest, but we're still yeah. here. We're still going. We're we still are. trying to be positive. Um, right, right. Yeah, but how things are you, man? Very excited for you to uh, take the time for for a conversation. There's uh, loads of uh, exciting projects and things on the horizon, and we'll get into all that, I'm sure, in just a bit. But how are you doing kind of day-to-day at the moment? How's life? What's, uh, what have you been up to? Dude, you know, it's been, um, it's been busy, but it's been good, though. I, I mean, I feel like I spent most of the, the panic of what the quarantine you know, lockdown scenario was staying super productive, not like I needed to, not like someone was hiring me to be productive, but just like I, I put it, um, I put it on myself to be um, constantly working on music and writing and trying to bury my head into my instruments and my craft, as opposed to being worried about what was going to be the future of our industry and save myself a few panic attacks. Only had one when we canceled a massive tour that was terrifying, but um, yeah, I've managed to just kind of keep my eyes on the, on the goal and just like trying to be like using the time to be like, okay, I normally don't get two years off from the road. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go fall back in love to, with my instruments, like how I started, like playing in my bedroom, like sitting on my bed and playing the guitar for hours on end and, you know, sitting in pro tools or logic, like messing around with synths and programming beats and shit. Like, you know, like stuff that you don't necessarily have time when you're like two years on the road, come home, you got to write a record, record it, get it out there and then go back and do it all over again. It's, it's a, it's a blessing, but it is kind of a cycle that you get into as, as being a musician and, uh, so I, I uh, yeah, I, I managed to stay pretty busy and uh, pretty hopeful. Yeah, there was times where I was like, man, are we ever going to play live again? And um, I think doing the live streams in the middle of all this madness about a year ago definitely saved my mental self a little bit. Um, just being able to get in a room with my homies and like play, you know, like yeah. even though there was no crowd there, which was weird, um, but we got to do our thing, you know. But it sounds like you've managed to really go back to the basics with a, a lot of those things and just really honing on what really first got you into music. So I'm sure that kind of journey was therapeutic in a way, knowing everything else going on. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I, I spent most of my free time 
hanging with my family and my lady and, and my dog, but I split that time with, you know, working on music always, you know, I'm always going to be playing when I'm, even when I'm off tour, but to really have that much time of indefinite time, it was at one point was like, so my brain was like, you know, under pretty much survives solely on being a live band. You know, it's not necessarily the kind of music that you stream every single day when you're in your car, you know, it's under oath. I feel like is more like an experience and, and there's other music that I listen to that some, I can listen to it every fucking day. It's not going to matter. You know, like I love it, but more of the heavier kind of stuff is like, it's more of like an, yeah, like an experience. Like you want to go and get in a room and, and do it, you know, it's like a lifestyle almost. So there was a time where I'm thinking like, that's a huge chunk of what under oath is. So I'm just going to, you know, I, I'm always writing and working with other artists and doing stuff behind the scenes. And I, I decided that I was to spend a lot of time just making music across all boards of what I want to do. It doesn't necessarily just have to be under oath and finding other platforms to release and, and, and make art. You know, like if I, if I'm going to be stuck, you know, I've dedicated my whole life to being a, an artist. If I'm going to be stuck at home for the rest of my life, it, there was a thought, you know, at one point during this is like, and I'm just going to find different avenues to continue to constantly create, you know, music. Nice. Did you, um, yeah. Did you write for anybody else at the time? Is there other songs out now that we don't know that you had involvement in that I, other people? I've, I've worked with a lot of different people and most of it is not out, but I did do some features. Like there, I did a thing with this band called dragged under. They're pretty cool. I did, uh, I did some vocals on a track for a song that's out. Um, the rest of the stuff is not out that I've worked on, but I did do a thing with this band called Brand of Sacrifice. Who's like metal as fuck. It's like the heaviest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. um, that was fun. Hey, buddy. Oh, whoa! This giant dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a great name. So, like a cow, a cow in the house. <laughs> now, how, how did that? Um, yeah, how did the Uber Metal uh, collaboration come about? Did they reach out to you? They bound to have, haven't they? Yeah, they. They reached out to me and I wasn't familiar with them, but when I, I took a listen, I was like, man, this would be wild. This would be cool. You know, something, even though I'm, I guess, known for being in a heavy band, it's not typically my thing. Like I, I normally don't really listen to a ton of heavy music because I'm surrounded by it a lot. And I, I normally write and work on music outside of the genre. So when someone comes to me in the genre and, and asks for something and I check it out and I was like, kind of like, Whoa, like when I heard it and I was like, this would be cool. So I, I did it. Uh, and my buddy's studio up in the mountains, like we just chopped down some wood and lit a fire and just tracked some vocals in school. Wow. That's, that sounds the metalest thing ever, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My buddy has this studio that's like in a town. It's like a two hour drive for me, but it's like, there's nothing. It's like one of those mountain towns that's got like two restaurants and a gas station. And it's, and you got to go up this really weird hill that's not really a street but it is and you go up to and he's just got this it's not like a mansion it's like a real mountain house it's like real basic and cold and kind of like you know it needs some some work on it but it's like the coolest place to to work on music i wrote a bunch of songs up there when you know we go up there a lot so um, nice. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that couldn't have been any more metal sounding unless, no. he, was in, <laughs> unless, unless he was in norway <laughs> Unless you're in Norway, that was the only way you could beat that. Then I think, but yeah, that's that's awesome. When can we hear some of them? New, those other songs are they in the pipeline for a release? You'll see some stuff popping up over the year of stuff that I've worked on or featured on. Um, 
And, and I, you know, you do a lot of this stuff too. And like a lot of stuff that you'll work on, like, you don't know if they'll use it. Some, some of it, I was doing some, in the beginning of quarantine, I did like one thing for an EDM artist and then woke up with a Dropbox full of stuff. They asked me to top line for, which would be like write lyrics, melody. And I sent back, you know, like 10 different songs over the span of like a week and just who knows what will get used. But when they use it, you know, you get credit for it and all that. But like, I did do a lot of like work just with over like the internet, I guess, like just connecting with different people and you do something cool for someone and their manager or their label has other people that are interested. You'll, you'll be surprised like how much stuff you end up getting. And then I did a, you know, we obviously wrote a whole new under oath record during this time, which is probably why we're on this conversation here. And I did my first ever solo record too mm, during, yes. during the lockdown. Yes. So. Well, we'll, we'll get to both of those in just a second, but while we're speaking of features, I did want to bring up that you uh, teamed up with Matt Cutchell, our good friend, Who's done uh, yes, a lot? A that's lot another for... one. I can't believe I forgot to say that. Yeah, <laughs> dude. So that was wild and so much fun. So that was they hit me up to do uh, the feature, and I was a fan of his like comedy mm. already. I didn't know he was doing music, and I think they hit me up before he released his first track. The Your uh, Broken so, Hero, yeah. Yeah. And me and my lady would laugh at his videos all the time. <laughs> and and then when he hit me up, I was like so stoked that because I just saw a few days before they hit me up, I just saw the video where there was like Tony Hawk was in it. And I was like, dude, this is I can't believe Tony Hawk is in this guy's video. Like that's like a, a dream scenario, you know? Um at first I was like I want, I really want to do this, but I like had to hit back our manager. I was like, we're, you know, under in the middle of our, we were already done recording. We had like a super serious record and you know, it's real deep and, and it's heavy content wise. And just, it's, you know, it's just like a lyrical, you know, it's, it's dark, it's heavy. It's like a lot to take in. It's real serious. And I was like, you know, is this like, okay to like poke fun at, you know, that kind of, early beginnings in that kind of genre of like where a lot of stuff spotted, you know, spawned from or whatever. And his response, like, if you can't laugh at yourself and what, you know, what is life? So then I was like, yeah. and then, so I ended up doing the vocals myself in my studio at my house. Uh, they sent me the track and I just, you know, they sit, they, you know, they want me to do this part and I just sent a bunch of shit back. You know, like I just sang over the whole thing and screamed and whatever, trying to make it sound super throwback and i was like just use what you guys want let me know if you need anything else and they were super thrilled with it and they used about half of what i sent because i like put vocals over the whole damn thing you know um and then we get i he asked if i want to come out and shoot a video so i fly out to la and and we met and it was like the sweetest most rad guy like every good thing that's coming for him, he a hundred percent deserves all the good things coming from him. Cause he's like, he's funny. He's sweet. He's a great hang. Like, and we became like super friends so fast. Like, and, like we were having the best time. He looked over at me at one time. We were, you know, shooting this video 
I normally hate videos and it's like super weird. And like, mm. it's like one of my least favorite things about being in a band is video shoots and photo shoots. Like there's just <laughs> the two worst things about being in a band and we're shooting this video. We're having the best time ever. And he was like, dude, thanks. I haven't had this much fun in forever. I was like, me either. I was like, why is this? Maybe because it's not my band or that we're just, it's just supposed to be fun. But I was like, man, I really, after coming out of all this lockdown stuff too. And I was like, I really just missed having fun, you know, and like just goofing around with a friend. And we ended up uh, remaining close and talk all the time, like texts, like funny shit to each other. Like I really, that song is cool. And, and he's a, he's a great dude, but uh, most importantly to me, it's like, I made a lifelong friend just doing something outside of the box, you know, like something I wouldn't have done a couple years ago, you know, like some comedy take on where, bands like us started from, you know, like I probably wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago, but allowing myself to do more lately. And, uh, it was like, it's great. Cause like, I made, like I said, like a lifelong friend, like I, Amazing. I like Matt is something that will always be a homie. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we had him on the podcast before. And as I said, like he's such turn in cheek about everything. And even though Underworld has so many, serious and dark elements surrounding the band it must be really nice where you can take yourself out of those for a little bit and poke fun at the whole emo alternative scene and as you said like humble beginnings really and just kind of play off all those stereotypes we've all been a part of really over the years yeah and, and honestly it's like to me what made it make it even more sense to me is like matt loves that music like it's not it's not because it's cool right now. There's all this emo night stuff and like, he's trying to make money or whatever. It's, it's not that, which is why another huge reason why I initially, I wanted to do it being a fan. And also knowing that like, when I talk to him, it's like, he loves those songs. Like he believes in that the way that I believe in under oath and in my solo project, like I wouldn't put out a song that I don't hundred percent believe in or love. And he's that way about your broken hero. Like he, that's his favorite genre and he loves that stuff and he wants to make that music and bring it back or just make it and even if it doesn't come full full swing back but like he's doing it because he loves it and i think that's a huge that's that's key uh, i think that's why it's i think that's why it's hit so well with everybody as well and it does so well is because everybody can see that he, he's genuinely he, he loves the music he's great at comedy like i've been a fan of him since like vine <laughs> and uh yeah and and yeah just to see just to see him killing it now and like to see him with you like i know i saw i watched the video with you and him i know how he's feeling inside because he's absolutely over the moon that he's there with spencer from under Earth. like it's it's amazing <laughs> it makes me like christmas happy knowing that he's happy because yeah. he's there with you <laughs> and ultimately he's made you happy well be it like it's it's a it's an awesome circle of uh surprise happiness i guess yeah, it was it was like a a bromance for real. Yeah. <laughs> we were just having the time of our lives. It was great. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Um, I did want to ask, really, what was your take on the whole emo term um, over the years as well? Because obviously, it's become really popular again in in recent years, and there's a whole kind of movement surrounding it. But back in like the early days, I feel like Underworld was passed on through so many subgenres. I mean, you've always been right. dubbed all these different things. I mean, how do you feel? What, what do you feel Underworld really is? And like, how do you feel about being called an emo band or post-hardcore or anything? Does, does it affect you? Does it mean anything? Or is it just labels, really? To me, it doesn't. Because when I think emo, I don't even think... 
I don't think my chemical romance and the used <laughs> and all this stuff that the emo nights are like that. That's a huge, that was a huge movement. And that music was super successful and very good for sure. But when I think emo, I think like the get up kids and mock Sunny day real estate. And yeah. Sunny real estate. Like I think <laughs> yeah. of like, yeah, I, I don't think of emo the way that uh, it's portrayed now of like this, the black parade. My Chemical Romance era, like that stuff's great, but that to me wasn't what emo was. That was like, that was the scene back then that, you know, we just happened to be a part of. And the medley of Warped Tour, which was like, you had the old school punk bands, like, you know, No Effects and Lagwagon and uh, Bad Religion and uh, Bouncing Souls. And then you had the young kids, which was like us, like Under Oath and Devil Wears Prada and A Day to Remember. And then you had the people in the middle, which was, Take Back Sunday, Mike Kim, the used, you know, Coheed, like, and that was like just how the tour worked back then. And to me, it was just like, none of those bands were like, to me, emo, you know? So I, I don't really, I, I never really saw it that way. Uh, but yeah, whenever people call us, I, when someone asks like, what is under oath? I'm like, every, you know, it's like, that's like asking, what is nine inch nails like all those records it's nice nails is like the same band but they're like each record has a different one record if you told told someone to check out nine inch nails we'd never heard them before you you have no idea what they're going to feel because some records are completely electronic and some records are super rock and then like stuff in the middle and i feel like from chasing safety to voyeurist it's like Dude, if you told someone to check out Under Oath and they just clicked on a random song, I don't know what they would think because That's when true. someone asks me what we are, I'm just like, we're, just, we're a heavy band. Yeah. It's never not going to be heavy. It's just, it's, Under Oath's a heavy band and I don't really know how to explain it. You know, it's like, I don't know. We're always going to sound like Under Oath, but it's, it's always <laughs> going to be different. No, for sure. I think that's the I think that's the best way to explain it. But earlier you mentioned how Under Oath has become an experience more than a kind of band now. And I think that's kind of the best way to describe yourselves, especially since coming back off hiatus when you all um got back together to to start the thing this thing up again. Um just like with the dynamics of the band and 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 getting back to doing it, how much would you say it it's changed since the early days to now? It's changed a, a lot. Um, you know, when you're a bunch of 17 year old kids in a van together, everyone is the same because you're stopping to eat at the same place. You're, you're buying clothes at the same place. You're sleep, you know, like every, you're always doing everything together because you're in a van. Like you're listening to the same song because there's a CD player in the van, you know, like this was before the iPhone and everyone's got AirPods on listening to music. So everyone's super similar. And as we started to become into our individual men, like having our own personalities or our own tastes and stuff, like I think there's a lot of growing pains in that and people experiencing life and death and love and sadness all in different ways. And we're becoming men trapped in a tube, but now we're in a bus and now you can go off and do your own thing. And all this stuff, it was very unhealthy and being a Christian band when we were younger, like we couldn't talk about anything. You were constantly in fear of like, if you really talk to the guys about what you're feeling or fearing or going through, like, are you going to get kicked out of the band? Are you going to get sent home? Like, so there was a lot of secrecy and just, it was really uncomfortable all the time. And it was, it was our life and it was fun, but it was also miserable. Um, Post breakup when we got to lift all the like, 
we're all men and we're all in a better place than we were when we were Christians and young and like everyone's so, doing so much better personally and as a unit and we can communicate and talk and everyone's life is million miles past where it was as far as you know, being better people and doing better, even though to like a Christian world, we look like we're lost and we're way worse, but it's, in, it's not that at all. I mean, these guys are, people are communicating and healthy and happy mentally and physically. It's like, you know, it's, it's so much healthier than it was um, before the breakup. Yeah. I never, I never ever would have considered that the Christianity side of it would have played a part in like the paranoia and and like worry of like talking to each other like that never ever crossed my mind like like oh, when yeah. I think of, yeah when I think of Christian bands I, you know I just think of nice lads who are uh, who are Christian like I never think of them like yeah I never considered like you couldn't talk to somebody in the band about anything like anything real in my opinion I mean I'm sure if we were smarter and maybe we were older we could have navigated it but at the time especially for me, it was like, I was going through shit and I know Aaron was going through shit. Tim was dealing with, you know, stuff in his own way. It's like, you got a guy going to the hospital every other day because he thinks he's having a heart attack because he's so paranoid and hypochondriac. You got another wow. guy eating out of dumpsters and wearing, you know, clothes he found on the street because he's so, he can't handle people liking his band or whatever the fame or whatever is happening. And you got me who's dealing with the weight of all of it, closetly using drugs all the time because I needed an escape and no one can talk to each other about stuff. It was extremely unhealthy. And when we did, it was these big blowouts of it, it just what, you know, it, for us, I'm not saying Christianity is wrong. It just, for our band, it just, it, it wasn't the right, it didn't work well for us. It, it wasn't the right mixture. And you know, some guys still are firm believers and a lot of the guys aren't, you know, and, and I think that's okay. I think it's, it, it doesn't have to be a band to sit, you know, it's like, it has nothing to do with the music. We weren't singing worship songs. We weren't singing about God. Like we was just hindsight's 2020 though. I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And, and we, we got through all those trials and all those journeys to get where we are now and we're all happier and healthier and stronger and better friends now than we've ever been so yeah well i'm i'm really glad to hear that so thank you for for sharing but speaking of the new album as, as well voyeurist um i mean obviously we had um we had aaron on the podcast last year and he would really talk to us about how with the last record you all got together in secret and it was a whole big thing of making of writing that record and making sure that um, there wasn't any leaks and no one had spotted you and, and all that kind of thing. Was there, um, did, did it, how was it this time making the record? Did it feel a lot more relaxed knowing that knowing people know that you're back with new music and that's a thing that will happen from time to time? Or like, was it still weird trying to, to, to write Under Oath? No, I think this time the, the most important thing we learned, we learned something from every record and Erase Me was the right record to make at that time. Uh, I still love that record, but I think that was new. We hadn't worked together as that unit in so long. You know, at the time we started writing that record, we would only done the Rebirth tour in America. And some of the guys weren't sure if they wanted to keep going, like if it was just going to be a tour or not. So like me and Aaron had started to write alone. Like if they don't want to make an Under Oath record, we'll just start a new band. Like we should be doing this. Like this is dumb. Like me and you should be playing together as guys slowly jumped on board. So now there's only four writers. It's myself, Aaron, Tim, and Chris. So then Tim jumps on and Chris jumps on and they start working on stuff alone. 
And then I had some songs I did by myself and like it, we like came in and kind of smashed it all in and made an under earth record with a producer and a guy trying to like meld it all together. It, it was awesome. It opened up a lot of doors for us and it was the record we made at the time and I'm super proud of it. But then after two years of touring on it, we were kind of like, what doesn't work for under oath is everyone doing it compartmentalized and, and like, let's go back to, I don't want to work on under oath stuff alone. I don't want to work on under oath stuff over the internet. I don't want to work on under oath stuff in a pair of two. If there's four of us that work that, that make these songs, let's do it. The four of us. So that's what was different with this, with voyeurist is getting back to that. Like, we used to write records in practice spaces and, and now in 2021, we have the tools and in, in that where we can capture those sessions, you know, like we don't have to jam on a thousand, you know, with your ears ringing and trying to figure out what everybody's doing. And it, now you, you can, you're hooked up, you know, like we've got a decent studio in, in Tampa that we can all plug in and we're writing and capturing those moments and, and manipulating and, you know, changing things until we get a song we like. And and we did that. So it was very much like the old, old under oath days, except for we're able to record it while we're doing it and work on it on the spot. So it's, that's what's the big difference in my opinion is being able to just, if it's under oath is we're going to get together and do it. Nice. Well, yeah, the, um, the, uh, snippets we've, uh, we've already heard sound fucking super heavy absolutely fucking <laughs> incredible yeah incredible um were there any different recording techniques this time round, or anything that you did different from other records or um not necessarily recording techniques no i mean like we're the kind of band that's like we don't like super edit shit and like chop up stuff and we grew up before all that you know like the, we're all it's all played and performed you know like it's just it was just pushing each other way past our comfort zones and our limits like dudes were crying and punching walls and other times dudes were celebrating and jumping off seats and hugging you know like it was a brutal process because we had no producer this time we did this record ourselves oh wow nice oh congratulations yeah. that's yeah that's even fucking better because <laughs> yeah. it sounds unbelievable yeah. yeah which is something we've wanted to do we've talked about doing since define the great line but i don't think we've been ready until right now like it took us to get all the way through all that shit to now to be able to do it because it's just it's tough you know it's a tough thing when working on music and it's so close to your heart and soul like when you really care about it it's not like you're writing songs for pop radio or something where you're trying to make a hit like we're we're writing songs that are like like cutting into the core of our who we are and it's like when someone doesn't like something and tells you it's not good enough, it's like, it's hard. It's hard to do without a producer because it's the bandmates telling each other to go harder, try again. Like that's not good. Rewrite that part or those lyrics suck Spencer or like you're singing sounds bad there or whatever. Like, you know, like that kind of stuff is tough to do without a mediator. Like under oath has always had like a, what I would call like the hardest part about working with under oath is, you know, we don't, we don't need help with, writing the songs. We're not going to take it we're, we're all stubborn. Everyone in the band's capable. There's the four of us are capable of making records by ourselves. What makes under Earth special is the four of us coming together and, and finding it. Once all four guys that made it are happy, like that's an under Earth song. That's what that sound is. Cause we all like different shit. And the hardest part is the guy in the middle trying to like keep it together without people losing their minds. And we did it without someone this time. And it, it was tough, but I think, 
after doing it, it's like, we're even stronger and closer than we've ever been. Like, which is mm. wild. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. But, but the, the thing is you've all done so many, like in the grand scheme of things, you've all done so many different albums and projects and scores and songwriting sessions and, 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 and so, like just so much over the years. And like really for you in terms of your evolution as, as a songwriter or a vocalist, lyricist, like, is there any major factors or events or lessons you've learned along the way that really stand out that honing on your craft a little bit more? Like, is there any advice? Is there any like Dude, do's and don'ts you yeah. remember? I used to songwriting was super sacred and very private. And, um, like, that's our shit, you know, like that's my shit. Like, this is what I do. I don't want anyone telling me how to do it. And in 2015, I, I, I was in between, the first sleepwave record and under Earth being broken up and not back together. And I had a new manager at the time and he just threw me out in LA for like 10 days. And I was in a studio every day with different strangers, which is very uncomfortable. I feel like a lot of times when you're recording and writing, it's like, it's your thing. And like, I don't want to watch someone sitting there that I don't know watching me shower. You know, that's what it kind of feels like. It's like <laughs> this is really weird. Yeah. You can, I guess like that's fine, but this is weird. You know, it's like, so I think that was huge for me is, is going out and just learning to be open and, and open-minded and in all those sessions. And I, and I didn't end up really using much of that stuff, but I learned so much and made a lot of great friends and, you know, being able to go into a room with someone that's younger than you and learn something and going into a room the same way you would if someone who's been doing it 30 years longer than you would learn something. And it's not that they're better or worse. It's everyone goes about like, there's no formula to it, to getting to the finish line. Everyone has a different way that they get to their finished product of a song. And if you go into it, go not like, showing up and not going like i'm the fucking man like they, they want me here i'm gonna lay down my shit and i'm gonna do my thing go eat some tacos and grab a drink and peace out you know like if you go into it going like dude maybe this 16 year old kid knows some shit that i don't that doesn't mean he's better or worse than me it's just like maybe he just has a different way that i'll apply and i've learned so much of that kind of stuff of like there's a million ways to get to the end of the road you know this way this way this way this way this way and like just working with so many different people. I think that's getting out of your comfort zone and working with tons of different people was like, it was like going to college for it. You know, it was like, wow. I've been doing this my whole life and it's always been very comfortable, like under oath. And, you know, I've been in bands my whole life, but we never in that scenario where you're actually making records that people are spending money for you to make and putting time in videos and people are, you know, there's a budget and all this shit. But ever since under oath being like in my late teens, joining that band and, it's always been very comfortable and it's either been Matt Goldman and Adam D and like, you know, we've, it's all, we've had like our thing and it's worked. It's been comfortable. I've never just been like pushed out and pushed out somewhere alone. Like that was completely capable, but maybe I had some insecurities that I didn't know that I, you know, like I, I wasn't just comfortable just like busting in a room, like, Oh, this guy's worked with five seconds of summer or, you know, one direction and Harry Styles was in here a week ago singing on this microphone. I sound like shit compared to that guy, but not caring, like just going in like, 
let's just create cool stuff. Like I'm an artist, like you're an artist, mutual respect. And in nine times out of 10, you know, I've only worked with one person that I was like, Oh, that made me want to like never play music again. It was terrible to work with. But other than that, like, you know, it was, it was learning. And I think that's my best advice is like being open-minded, you know, soaking up the people around you, like a sponge, like everyone's it. Don't look at it as competition. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Like if a million, a million people buy the new bring me the rise record, like that shouldn't ban in our genre. Shouldn't look at that as, as a threat that should be celebrated. Like it's great. That doesn't take away one single fan from your band. They just like that shit too. Maybe there's more people like that than your band. That doesn't take anything away from your band. Like us as band members and should be celebrating each other's successes and learning from each other and be more open-minded. Um, but I think, it, you know, that there is always going to be that competition there. I think that's what, you know, that's in humans, you know, look at sports and how everything works, but like, yeah, I, th- I think just being more open-minded to the people and around you and learning when you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. Cause yeah, we have, um, I've met some bands over the years who are so fiercely um, protective of this stuff that they won't, they hate the idea of a producer. They'll just get somebody just to, like an engineer just to record because they don't want anybody picking apart their songs or whatever and that. But it's, it's wonderful to see someone like yourself who's like, you, you might hate this. You might hate this, Monica, but a scene, a scene leader, if you will. Like you are, you are, you are oh God, I nearly sell. Oh yeah, no, I nearly said the sentence I ate then, which is elder emo in a way. I oh. hate it myself, but um, but yeah, there's like you like to hear someone like yourself who's in one of these bands that fucking hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people love, saying these saying these sentences and saying that bands shouldn't should be more open-minded is is fantastic because for years, like so many people have feared feared the producer or outside help or taking advice from other people like even other band members there's some people in bands who just they just write all the songs that's the end of that's the end of the discussion yeah so and it, you know what it, it it's like like under oath like we just did a record with no producer but i think we needed to go through all that stuff to be able to comfortable to do that you know knowing this record and and i don't think that that means we'll never go back to having a producer i just think during covid and during this lockdown the songs that we were writing and how we were writing them in the same studio we were going to record them in and how good the dem- like the, the demos were like we could have released it you know like and then we decided to make the record and went in there and dug even harder and made them even better like we were capable finally and you know like all the you know we've all been around for a uh, uh, long enough to understand what we're doing and but yeah i think just as, as individuals, like we've all, you know, Aaron's done lots of sessions and I've done lots of sessions and Tim works with, you know, he's recorded other bands in his studio. And like, we've all experienced so much with, with others to where you got to be open to learning that. And like, and if that comes down to applying those things that you've learned to your own record with no producer, that's cool too. Cause that's what we just did. But then when I made my solo record, knowing that I'm a maniac and like go a million miles per hour on every instrument, around me and like did i'll drive myself crazy i i had a producer on my solo record so i went i went from under oath and i went home for five days and then i went to my buddy who's a producer to make my record just maybe because it's just me like alone like it's like i wanted someone on the outside to be like yo this isn't good enough or try you know like because 
what's the point of releasing it otherwise? And normally I have bandmates to bounce my ideas off of and get my ass put in line, you know, and people tell me when it's not good enough, but just being alone, I was like, you know, you get real tunnel vision and sometimes you suck into your project so much that you don't, you can't see the outside of it. So, um, I think there's, I think there's benefits to every which way of doing it. Like I said earlier in the interview, like there's no right or wrong way to do it. Yeah, no, for sure. But, um, I am very excited for people to hear this new and the rough record for, from what I've heard, I think a lot of, a lot of people are going to be, uh, losing their shit, but we should really get into this solo project because there's a lot I want to ask you about this. Um, you've just released your first single at the time of recording with it. Um, you, you use it, you're using the name slow tide for everything but i believe you've really had some ideas for these songs and really started building it up from like 2015 and this is a, a lot more indie pop vibes i mean under Oath is used since a lot but there seems to be that kind of hookier kind of melodic side to it all and i know that away from under Oath, you're into a, a, a lot of that kind of soulfulness pop so my my two questions with it is like it does it feel quite refreshing stepping away from that heavy world with this and why now do you think it's a perfect time to, to put it out well answer number one yes it's super refreshing <laughs> like uh i've been i've been i write a lot of music like this behind the scenes this is kind of my go-to like the kind of shit I listen to, like, not that I hate on heavy music. I'm just surrounded by it all the time. So I don't tend, you know, like tool, like when tool put out their new record, it was nonstop in my car and Deftones and Gojira. But like, other than that, like all my friends, I obviously listen to their shit when they drop it out. And, but, um, I'm not like a go-to heavy music guy. I never have been like my first tattoo was the inside of okay computer when I was 18, you know, like, <laughs> oh, wow. and that's before chasing safety even came out, you know, like, so, I, I've been in lots of bands before under that weren't super heavy too. Like just growing up, I'm, I'm a music lover. I don't think, I don't think genres matter to me. Like a good song is a good song. It could be hip hop. It could be metal. It could be rock. It could be indie. It could be pop. Like it could be country. Like a good song is a good fucking song. Like genres don't matter to me. Like if you look at what I listened to for the last 15 years, it's just like all over the place why did why now and like well i was talking to earlier about i didn't know what was going to happen in 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 all of this and and i started this idea in 2015 like when i was out in la like i was talking about earlier on all these you know just with all these different producers one day me and my buddy nick nick bailey we were just like fuck it like like we're supposed to do something like let's just make a song that we like and we, that we just for fun and we spent all day just like smoking weed and, and playing just surf, like all indie jam. And we made this really cool song and I just kind of put it on, put it on my hard drive. It's not on my, it didn't make the record. Like none of the stuff from back then made the record, but it, it did spark the idea of like, you know, I'm working with all these types of artists a lot and I'm doing, you know, I'm an artist. I'm always painting different pictures. It's, it's like, I only do under oath stuff with the under oath guys. Like I don't sit around and write heavy music all the time when I'm alone. Like, it's just like, that's what I do with my homies. What I do alone is like all over the place. And if you fast, if you rewind even further back in time, when I started the sleep wave project, which is a duo, it's no longer that started off more in the Radiohead kind of acoustic guitar, old Brit rock lane. Cause I was, when I started writing that with my friend, Steven under oath was still a band. And then when under oath broke up, 
we ditched all those songs and started writing heavier songs. So I was like, I can't not have a heavy outlet. Like if I'm going to be touring, like I want to play music where I can like jump off the stage and, and headbang and sorry. And, and, <laughs> and do, you know, like I needed that outlet still. So we, we shifted gears and this was obviously way before we were signed or anything. So that kind of like more indie pop stuff I've always written and worked on. And so during COVID, oh, actually right before COVID, I actually, it was the end of the race me cycle. I, I did two or three songs writing for this before lockdown. The rest I wrote all in lockdown. And then I finalized everything in the studio. I, I made 15 songs before I went and made the, uh, before we made the final under Earth record. So I was writing the under Earth record and this kind of at the same time. Um, I started on the slow tide songs a little bit, maybe a month before I started working on voyeurist. Um, and then I just kind of like in my spare time, I work on that. And then I fly down to Tampa and work with them on unreal stuff and fly home and work on this. Yeah. I, 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 I went to the under oath record to make the final under oath record with 15 songs on my hard drive a record deal and management and all this shit. Like I, off all the demos I had made, you know, I signed a new deal and all this stuff that was also probably keeping me mentally occupied and not so focused on the world. ending. <laughs> um, so then I, I, I flew back home for a few days. My lady was pregnant at the time. So I flew home and you know, take care of stuff around the house, make sure she's okay. Then flew to Orlando and my buddy, Micah, and we produced, we cut 10 songs from the 15 I had and wrote a new one in the studio. So 11 on the full length there that will come out sometime in 2020. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Too. So, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, that's just like, that's the kind of stuff that I, I kind of listen to on my own and jam. Like, I just wanted to make the same way I do an Unearth record. Like, if I want to make heavy music, it should be my favorite heavy music. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not being cocky, but it's like, if, I, if I'm not, if this isn't the raddest heavy song I've heard, like, why put it out? We don't need to. We can just go play shows, you know? And that's the same thing I did with this, whatever genre you want to call this, alternative indie pop or whatever. I was like, I love so many of those bands like Portugal, The Man, and Tame Impala, Foster the People, you know, Sir Slide, my homies, and all, you know, there's so much rad music in the world that I listen to. And I was like, if I'm going to do something like that, like, I want to make it my favorite, like what I want to listen to in my car. And that's what I did. I just spent all of lockdown and maybe a month before I think January I was working on the slow tide stuff is the start of what these songs were. 
Um, you know, and I started working on like, what do I want to listen to in my car? You know, like if I'm going to make a solo record, like I want to make it, and I wanted to make it different from under oath. Like I don't need another heavy outlet. Like I, I was like, there's all this other shit to me that the world doesn't know about. The world knows me as this, like this thing. And it's, it's maybe 10% of who I am. Like under oath is part of my identity for sure. But like that heavy music and like screaming and, you know, run, you know, being reckless. Like that's like a small percentage of who I am. Like as, especially as an artist, like I'm just, I've always been into songwriting and pop and rock and everything, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just love music. So I just wanted to create, use the other side of my brain, which was not necessarily, um, the, the, the hard rock yeah. stuff no but on, honestly that's such a refreshing kind of mindset to hear about especially especially with all that but um yeah neck high absolute has been in my head non-stop these last few days listening to it and i'm really excited to see what is next but like with slow tide um what's the kind of plans and the goal obviously you just mentioned record to come out in 2022 but is it just kind of focus on that at the moment obviously under oath is going to take up a lot of uh, a lot of time as well and then just and see what yeah. happens there and fit things in i think for me under oath has gotten to the point where kind of less is more like as bands get to that that size to where you can't show up on every tour anymore you can't over tour because people will go i'll just catch them next time you can't afford to do that with that many crew and production and all this stuff it's got to be a big deal it's got to be an event you know like we talked about earlier it's like a lifestyle it's like a you experience under oath. It's got to be like this thing. So it's real strategically planned to where we're there enough, but not too much to where you feel like you can miss it, you know? So, um, that just gives me so much free time, you know? And like, and I want to spend it with my family, but I also like, I, I need to create music. So I started this project to be like, I'm starting it from the ground up, which is terrifying nowadays. If you're not an 18 year old TikTok star, it's really 100%. 100%. Wow. I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing that right now. I've started a new band. I've been in a band for like for five years or whatever. My last band finished in 2015. And yeah, I don't want to have to do TikTok dances. I don't want no. to dance to my songs to get them popular. No. So uh, it's, it's fucking terrifying. terrifying. And I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's fucking. Yeah. But my, my, my goal is to just, we're we're releasing singles as we go like i said the record's been done since march you know um just like the under earth record's been done since the end of february so since the end of march i've had two records in my back pocket but like it's just timing right now and and the the plan is to 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 do it full time and tour with it and play shows and you know like i i really want to you know i it's like i'm just if you've ever met me in person it's like there are people that are like metal dudes. Like they live and breathe metal. Like I'm a music dude. Like I live and breathe music. Like if anyone that knows me is like, all he cares about is music. He loves music, but it's not, I've never been like, I'm not like leather pants, like Slayer shirts, like metal <laughs> guy. Like if it's not metal, fuck off. Like that's never been me. So to me, I, I don't want to feel like I'm typecast in a specific role as an artist. Like I feel like I look at actors that like, do stuff from comedy to like super deep dark shit it's like we as artists if we have the time and we want to we should be allowed to do that and i think if it's genuine and i was super worried when i released the first song how crucified am i gonna get for under oath fans and the reaction has been nothing but positive and i think that's because it's honest like this is just who i am and it's like another part of me and i did it honestly and 
it's something I believe in and I love. I'm not like trying to like not TikTok dance and trying to make a million bucks. You know, I'm like, I just want to release music that I love and share it with people. I've, I've been doing this my whole life. Like I shouldn't feel like I can only do one thing when I do so much more than I've just been keeping from people. So yeah, for me, it's just um, liberating to be able to, to do this. And I, and I do want to get out there and tour with it and play shows when it makes sense. You know, it's like, I definitely don't want to get out there and grind in a van and lose money because that's what it takes to make it. It's like, you know, I'm going to release good music and hopefully get some support tours and play some festivals and show up when it makes sense. Like, and if that means I got to wait a year, then whatever, like I want to play and I'd love to, like I'd play a slow tight show right now. And, but you know, there's one song out, you know, I think by the time summer rolls around, we have another interview or maybe we'll know what's going on. I don't know. For me right now, it's like, it's killing me not to just release all the music, but I understand, you know, it's like, you got to build up, especially start from zero. Our page had zero streams and zero followers <laughs> a week ago, you know? So it's like, it, it's, it's terrifying, but I've got a great team. You know, I've got really, really awesome people working with me. So uh, I focus on the music. They focus on the, the business side and hopefully it, it goes well. Yeah. Well, it's exciting times all around the board and yeah, I can't, I can't wait for all of this, but um, as we start to wind down now, um, there is a few things that I absolutely have to ask you why you're here. And one of them, um, so basically taking back Sunday is my favorite band of all time. And of course oh, yeah. in 2013, you filled in for Adam on a handful of shows. So oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> what, was, what was that like? <laughs> It was awesome, man. It was so much fun. I've known those guys forever. And actually, Adam and I are both from North Carolina. And that's where we both ended up moving back to. We've been buddies forever. And it was during Undrill's breakup before sleep, before Sleepwave even started. I was going through just hell. And, it, and he had some issues that could have occurred, I think, with, through childbirth. And he had to leave. And it, you know... Sean from being in a band, you can't cancel headlining. It's it's it'll like will could literally cost you a year or two of sap. Like it could just fucking tank your whole business. So they wanted to keep the thing going. So Adam just called me and said, "You're the only dude I think that could pull this off." Wow. He's like, "Can you do this?" And and I I said yes. I didn't ask any questions. I was like, dude, anything you need from me, I'll do it. Whatever. So I stayed up for 36 hours, I think. Cause it's like, I knew the songs, but when hmm. you mute the vocal, do you really know? You can sing along all day in your car, but once they're muted, it's a whole different ball game. So I just burnt those songs, 18 songs. Yeah. My problem with taking back Sunday is that you're not hundred percent sure who's singing all the time. You <laughs> so like, you're like, right, well, am I doing Adam's parts now? Or am I doing Fred's parts? Like, which, which one is, which one am I? And yeah, like I just sing, I'm all flat out. I would yeah. be able to do one song and then I'd be <laughs> fucked. I'd be like, oh, Fred, you take the next two. Cause I am out. Yeah. But yeah, like you, yeah, you absolutely smashed it. I thought, and uh, yeah, it was awesome to see. And I love, I love things like that where bands collide. It was, uh, in hindsight, like it's cooler than I, I even, I think it's like one of those things that like, that's a once in a lifetime show that no one will ever see again. Like that's never going to happen again. It was so fun. And those guys, like I said, like under the world tours with them, I was real close with Adam my whole life and, and Mark, you know, I used to 
spend a lot of my time off in between tours before living in New York. I used to go up there and stay with them all the time. Like Mark or, you know, Adam and we, you know, this, those guys are like family. And, uh, so when they asked me to do it, it's like, not only was it fun to do, it was just like helping out your main homie. And, um, and it was, it was, it was hard, but it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nerve wracking. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> I can imagine. I can only imagine. But as you said, once in a lifetime opportunity, and those are one of those things that is a really special moment, but I'm sure throughout your career, you've had some bizarre and just amazing things like that coming where you, you've taken a step back and gone, how the hell is this going on? Or young, <laughs> younger you would be like, is this a dream? Like, what's going on? I mean, is there anything that really comes to mind when you, when you think back and you're just like, how the fuck is this, is this happened? Dude, we just toured with Alice in Chains at the end of our record cycle. That's a thing <laughs> I've been listening to since I was in elementary school. Like, I have an older brother and two older stepbrothers. So I was always around cool music. And like, if you would have told me at 12 that I was going to tour with Alice in Chains, I would have never believed you. And then what's even crazier is on that tour. So they, they, it was a co-headliner for them and uh, the crew would sound check and they had no one to sing. And their front of house guy came up to me and said, I've heard you sing. You, you can hit those high notes. Can you sing in the sound check if you're not busy? Fuck and, off. So I would go in there. So I would go in there and I'd sing with the crew. You know, it's not the band playing; it's the crew. Yeah. And we'd sound check, and I'd it's sing. Their in- it's their instruments. It comes. It's their <laughs> instruments. It comes. It gets crazier. So I would sing. You know, Lane Staley's parts, or or yeah, because we play an old song, and uh, word got around to the band. So I show up for sound check and put my in-ears in and they're normally not there that early. And the whole band walks up on the side of the stage and, and I'm like, I turn around to leave. And Jerry Pinchot grabs oh, yeah. me. Goes, I'm not needed. I'm not needed. Obviously <laughs> yeah. I'm not needed. I'm off. No. Yeah. Jerry grabbed me. Jerry Cantrell grabbed me and goes, let's go. Sound check. So they showed up to their, they showed up to their own sound check to play it with me like three or four times on the tour because wow. they heard that I was doing them that solid and singing with them and, and the crew was talking about it and that I was I guess going out there and slaying the vocal part so the band showed up started to show up early and they'd come out there and jam with me That's and it was the insane. I ran behind the tour bus and called my father because my dad's an Alice in Chains fan. And like, dad, I just harmonized with Jerry Cantrell. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe. And it was just sound check. You know, it was like, but to me, that was just so cool just because I'm a music fan. I'm a music lover. Dad, I am Alice in Chains. <laughs> I have become Alice in Chains. <laughs> Tell the family I love them, but I'm going to have to leave. I am now bigger than everybody I know. <laughs> That's such uh, a fucking cool story. Oh, yeah. I love stories like that. I fucking yeah, love so them. Yeah, so rad. Oh, oh, what a fucking moment. Yeah. Amazing. I, I, yeah. So, honestly, that's just beautiful. But is there anyone that's like, is there anyone you've met along the way as well? Like like that, where you've just been in a moment and just been like, yo, that's... Or anyone you've, you've been aware that um, that I like Cassandra Rowe for anything you've done that you couldn't believe, like that's kind of crossed, crossed those worlds or anything? There's been a lot of scenarios, you know, like playing some festivals with, you know, nine inch nails. And that was cool. Like talking to some of those guys, I didn't even try to talk to Trent Reznor cause he's like my idol, but you know, like being in a room with Chino for me, like and hanging out with him a couple of times at festivals and 
talking and like our bands even being considered to do a show together. Like that's huge. I've been listening to Deftones, it's adrenaline, you know, like I remember my older brother had that tape in his car, you know, and I was so young, but I loved it. I I remember Cedric from at the drive-in at catering coming up to me and talking to me and he knew who I was. And like, that was just wild to me. It was like, man, at the drive-in was a huge influence on me. And like, that was, you know, there's been moments like that to where it's like, it's super cool and super surreal. And I think, you know, Allison Shane stuff was wild. And I'm sure there's more I could think of. uh, I'll think of later, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a blessing to be able to, to jam with people that you look up to and, and just play a show together, even a festival, you know, like we played festivals with art artists that I would, I run out front and watch them, you know, like I did that with nine Inch nails every night when we were on the festival run with them. And we played some festivals where I remember the strokes were playing and I just, just ran to the other side of the festival grounds to watch it. Just cool shit. Like the, you, you know, stuff that I would pay to go see. I, I, I get to, do a lot of times and i still do you know like when i'm off tour i drive and go see shows all the time like me and my lady drove across florida when we're living in florida to see portugal the man and cage the elephant because i'm just huge fans of both bands and you know and just we, we do shit like that all the time like when i'm not playing i'm at a show my friends coming through or a band that i love you know like i'll buy tickets i don't give a fuck i was about to say do you actually buy tickets because I've I can't remember the last time I actually bought a ticket for anything. So, uh. I would, I, if I can't, if it's something I want to see and I can't get in, you know, like we've got agents and our you know agencies are all connected. Most of the time, I don't have to buy tickets. I'm very lucky, very fortunate in that. But like, you know, if it's like if you can't, like if Coldplay is coming through and I, and I can't get a free ticket, I'm not going to bitch about it. I'll just buy one. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well. Doing this conversation, Spencer, it's, it's apparent that music is literally one of your biggest loves and it's so nice to see. So thank you so much for taking the time for doing this. Honestly, to God, I've enjoyed every second of this. Um, just before you go, yeah, a lot of, there's so much, <laughs> so much going on. Uh, if you'd like to plug away, uh, Under Oath, new solo stuff, anything going on we might have missed, um, please do. Oh, yeah, man. Just Voyeurs comes out January 14th. We have a live stream this Friday. Uh, you can get tickets to that and see and hear the new record live before we even drop it. And then Slow Tide, follow at Slow Tide Band on socials. I'll be dropping more shit. Uh, you just got to keep your eyes peeled, man. So I appreciate everyone who's uh, followed me at all at any point in their life. I appreciate it. Nice. Well, on behalf of us and all of those people, uh, thank you very much for this. Thank you very much for the music over the years, for the inspiration, and yeah, for the belief. And I am fucking psyched for Voyeurist. What we've heard so far, what we've been teased so far, what we've been drip fed <laughs> like little children so far, has been fucking delicious. So oh, I yeah. cannot, thank you. I I cannot wait. And um, yeah, hopefully we get to do one of these in the flesh at some point when you're over here in the UK. So. Awesome. Thank you Absolutely. so, so much. You're an absolute fucking superstar and hopefully see you soon. Thank you. See you guys. Yes. Thank you very much to the mighty Spencer Chamberlain of Underoath, of Slow Tide and Sleepwave. And I'm trying to think if there's any other bands he's in. Taking back Sunday for a tour, Alice and Chains for sound check. You never know what band he's going to be a part of anymore. You could literally go to something down the street and Spencer might be featuring on it. 
Hey, Spencer, do me a favor. Stay the <laughs> fuck out the Raiders. <laughs> oh, well, you turn up. You turn up for practice one day and Spencer's just there. And you're like, oh, oh I'll boys, be t- what? I'll, I'll, be, I'll be fucking t- Don't get me wrong. I like him a lot. And he seems like a genuinely nice guy. But if he turns up and takes my one outlet from me, I'm going to go very, very mad indeed. I, I'll probably have to turn Christian. That's how, that's how bad it'll go for me. Um, but yes, thank you very much again to Spencer. Uh, you absolute superstar. Again, Voyeurist is out January 2022. And... It comes with a Sean Smith recommendation, which um, we've never done, I don't think, on this podcast. I've never given a Sean Smith. The Sean Smith recommendation. I I don't know. We have done silver approvals in the past, and we were lucky enough to get an early copy of Voyeurist to, uh, to listen to prior to this chat. And oof, there are some wonderful, wonderful tracks on there. I don't think any Under Oath fan or music fan in general will be disappointed by this. So make sure you pre-order a copy straight away. Um, I want it on vinyl, so I might do the same. But of course, his new solo project, Slow Tide, has launched. The first single is available. Um, we should probably mention that it is spelt S-L-O dash or forward slash. Not hyphen. Right. If you listen to this, you're thinking, <laughs> oh, he means slow hyphen tide. Hey, so did I. But guess what? <laughs> guess what? Comes out your nose. Snot. Snot at all. Snot at all. It is SLO forward slash tide. I, it better be forward slash because if it's backslash, I'm going to be angry because I've said it wrong <laughs> well, now. It's going to be in the um, title of this episode anyway, so you can ah, see there you it go. there. So, yeah. But go and check it out. Um, the, the first single is being stuck in my head literally all week, and I'm really very excited good. to see very good. what's next to come. But thank you again for Spencer taking time out. Very busy schedule, as we mentioned, working with so many artists is absolutely mad. Um, but it was really nice to pick his brain and get an insight into everything. And they've done a lot of cool live streams. They've done a, co- a lot of cool live streams. I think you can still go and watch the, the most recent one. And I'm sure they'll do loads of more different projects like that before. Um, and we also have a previous episode of Sapling Podcast with Aaron Gillespie from the band. So if you'd like even more Under Oath slash Sapling content, go back and check that out. He talks about the time he drummed for Paramore, which is mad in itself. Um, but you played with Under Oath once, Sean, in a once, weird, yeah, weird, wacky... One-off show. Yep. yep. The Blackout supported Under Oath in Italy once. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I don't know how it came about. But I think we were one of about five bands playing. And we supported Under Oath in Italy. We must have already been in Italy. Because I don't know why that would work out like it is. But yes, we were lucky enough to support them once. And they were um, very, very good. So yes, check out the Aaron Gillespie episode. Um, thanks for listening to this one. I guess. Well, not I guess. Actually, that. Thank you very much. If you'd like more Sapnin nonsense, check out patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, uh, where there's a whole load of different tiers to choose from, where uh, you can get uh, different rewards back for the tier you choose. So, yes, check out patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. We have made a fantastic community of absolute legends who are the most supportive group I've ever come across in my life. And let me tell you, I've been to up to two different support groups before now. Wow. <laughs> but one, but they, but they, those were for, for things to do with your health and all that, weren't they? Or oh, I've said too much. 
Um, oh. But yes, so yeah, check out <laughs> check out Patreon.com for what's happening. What a fucking unbelievable, brilliant, brilliant community we've created there. Yes, they're wonderful people. They're literally so supportive of not only us, but each other. They've been giving each, uh, everyone their own gifts and stuff and secret Santas and all that. Crazy, crazy things that come out of this podcast. I don't have a clue. And we love every single person in the community very, very much. And we love them so much that if you head to the description of this episode... There's loads of names from them that we thank there, but Sean is also going to give them a hoosive shout-out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. Yes, they are the people who do the very highest tier, and we want to thank them. So thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Urangatang, close Liwa way. Thank you very much, Janelle Caston, Amadine Urbano, Mitch Perry, Dilly, I thought this was OnlyFans Grimwood, Kelly Ewan, Kelly Young, Emma Barber, Nathan Croshaw, Paul Hirschfield, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnova, Captain Hannibal, Murray Grimwood, Jenny Robinson, Scott Jones, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, who has recently announced those new Mike M dates, so go and check them out, guys. Uh, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, thank you very much. Caroline Robinson, thank you. Chris Wood, M. Evans Roberts, thank you very much. Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Jenny Sexyboy Munster, Craig Harris, Lucy Diaz, Jason Aredia, John and Emma, Emily Perry, Stuart McNaught, Becky Handy, Kelly Cannon, Adam Parslow, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, what did Santa do when he went speed dating? He pulled a cracker crisp. Thank you very much. Alex Wood, my very own incredible pubic hairs. Yep. Thank you very much. Reese Bowring, Ben Evans, Kate Stevenson, Connor Lewins, Daniel, you, you've properly cheered me up on the night shift. Well done, boy, Stevenson, Livy Cropper, and last by no means least, uh, let us join the Alexandra Pemblinton. Thank you very much to all of those people there. Woo! Absolutely love them. Love every single person, especially the name of something that wasn't a name and we will ignore. But anyway, um, this has been another great chat. Um, I love speaking to people that I've literally like dreamt of talking to over the years and we've got a lot of good surprises we've been doing this a while now we don't have to get revved up every time like but we've got a lot of nice surprises to end 2021 and to kick off the new year in style i'm very excited there's some things that you're gonna see when we put it out and go how the fuck have they managed that and if you (laughs) if you want a sneak peek patreon.com for us that's happening or just follow us at sapling pod on twitter and instagram and until then, keep party rocking, stay safe, and have a fantastic week. Yes, fuck the Tories forever, by the way. To never forget that, please. <laughs> they're taking a piss at they're laughing at you, no matter how rich you are. That's yeah. fucking horrible. Um, yes. Uh, that's it, is it? Are we done? Yeah, unless you want to leave with... Uh, do you have a joke? Tell us a joke. No, we got fucking three minutes and somebody else turns up. <laughs> no, we're recording another podcast, literally after this. So, ta uh yeah something something he's gonna be in there any second imagine he came in doing this and he was like oh you had spencer on and then just carried on like i'm just giving it away though with our ne- one of our next guests is definitely a man oh no way something You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>